Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Large Format Photography Podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Andrew Bartram and we're welcoming back Wayne Setzer. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Simon. <laughs> and, uh, that, was, that was quite a high-pitched one there. And, uh, hello. Well, I, was trying, I was trying not to be too gruff with my COVID-related chest problems. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, uh, let's uh, say, say hello to Wayne as well. Hello, Wayne. Hello, guys. Are you? Are you? I was going to say, Wayne. Are you feeling better than Andrew? Because Andrew's feeling a bit poorly today. It seems. Oh, I'm. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, Andrew, you're you're not feeling so good at the moment, are you? No, I, it could just be hypochondria, um, or I'm just getting myself worked up over nothing. But I've got a bit of a cough and a tight chest, which I normally wouldn't worry about. But in this day of madness, plague, and pestilence, um, I'm probably on my way out. Quite frankly. Fingers crossed, it's nothing, nothing. But I'll be positive, like my normal cheery self. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so um, today's show, uh, we're going to do the show that we promised or suggested that we were going to do some time ago, and actually try and catch up with emails because we've really struggled with emails, and so we're going to have a have a go at catch, catching up with them. And, and to help us with those emails, we've uh, re-enlisted Wayne Setzer to help us. But before we get into that, we're just going to do a a little recap on the things that we've been up to or potentially how little uh, we've been up to since we had uh, Peter Defty on the show, uh, which at the time of recording was about just under a week and a half ago. Um, mm. So um, actually, that reminds me, just say thank you, Peter, for being being with us um, for that last show. It was a really, really good, good show. We really enjoyed the chat there. Um, so uh, let's move things on and let's go through what you've been up to, Andrew. Um... Uh, trying to stay busy in these days of madness um, struggling with keeping work going and separating the day from work and pleasure you know um, been in the dark room a bit um, but large format wise I did receive the Indostar uh, what is it 37 isn't it that's it the 300 mil 45 so called Tessar copy lens and uh, I had some wooden lens boards that Neil Piper's father-in-law very kindly cut for me because he seems to be able to cut nice squares out of bits of wood so thank you Neil for that so I was contemplating mounting this uh, this lens in, into onto this lens board and on the eBay the eBay listing actually showed the lens with a retaining ring so that I thought yeah brilliant so the lens turns up and there's no retaining ring so I thought (laughs) so I messaged the seller and he didn't offer to send me a retaining ring but he did knock 10 quid off the off the what's it so that I spent that 10 quid and bought a set of Draper hole saws you know those things Simon the different sizes and they have like a, a pilot drill in the middle it's the kind of thing you would use for plumbing, for like fitting the kitchen or something like that to get the, to get I, wouldn't the parts such, I wouldn't know about such things, but yeah, if you want to drill a hole. <laughs> and anyway, so I, um, the thing is, the the different the two sizes were sort of kind of either side of roughly where I calculated this needed to be. So I went with the a slightly with yeah. So I went with a slightly smaller one, and it cut a really nice hole. So I was very pleased with that. I had a lovely hole. It's just it was it was too small. So. I thought, well, what do I do now? So I thought, well, I've got to make the hole bigger. So I, I went and 
looked in my garage and found a, a file with a half, you know, one of those half moon files. And then very systematically, I went round the hole, just kept rotating the um, lens board round and, and gradually enlarging the hole and looking at it to see if I was doing it roughly symmetrically. And I had it in mind that I would just effectively use the thread on the on the lens to you know sort of self tap its way into into the wood well that, that didn't quite work in the end I got, I got the hole to just about the right size and i kind of pushed it over the thread and it kind of clicked into place and as if by magic it was suddenly secured right. i did i did run a little bit of i've got some um medium release thread not glue what do they call that loctite stuff that yeah, thread, thread lock that's it yeah, yeah. So I dribbled a bit of that in, but I wasn't sure really whether that would work on a surface that was partly wood and partly, uh, uh, partly metal. But anyway, it's on, and um, I then pulled it off again before I put the thread lock on and painted it black and uh, mounted it on the, on the bomb camera, um, shone a torch in and saw loads of light leaking where it wasn't sitting flat. So I, what did I do then? Oh, I stuck some foam on the inside and a bit of tape here and there and stopped the lights, light leaks. And then I tried to focus on the church steeple at the back of my window and couldn't. Then I realised that I couldn't stretch the bellows far enough on the bomb camera. So, but I could on the on the Toyo. So, um, so that's that's a result. Um, or I just need to now buy an eight by ten camera <laughs> <laughs> to fit this lens. <laughs> So there. Now, for, for cutting holes in boards, uh, you found the problem with those hole saws. Is there's yeah. never one the size you need. I use a, um, I don't know what its proper name is, but it's it's a bit in the middle, and then it has a, a bar going across, and then two cutting arms that come down, and they're adjustable. Ooh. So you can get it to exactly the size you want. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, of course. That, you, to, to do it right, you need a drill press or a lathe to put everything in to hold everything. Yeah, you could. You really could do with hold getting everything normal. When I say normal, you know, ninety degrees yeah. to the yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas at least with a hole saw, I could kind of just eye it up and yeah, get you with, close. With, get it, get it close enough, and it, and it worked well. I was, I was very impressed. I was very. In fact, I kept looking at the bit of wood that I took out, you know, and I think, wow, uh -huh. oh, I need three more of these, and I can make like a little little toy car or something it was a perfect yeah. little round shape lovely <laughs> in the end i just i threw it out because i couldn't think what to do with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i have a lens i have it mounted on a lens board and uh, i can use it on the toyo and i was intending to get out in the fens with some ilford multi-grade paper that i'd cut down to size <laughs> and um i've shot it before at round here in this time of the year at ISO 3 and got some quite good results in a pinhole camera. So I was going to just go with that. I know you've got a story to tell on testing paper, Wayne. But, um, uh, you know, I thought, can I, go, can, I, can, I, can I go out under these restrictions, even if it's like a mile into the fence? And, do, and I didn't feel able to do it in the end because I thought, well, if I break down in the car and I have to, call out the AA, you know, or the re recovery people, and I'm putting someone else at risk. And so I didn't feel it was my social – I didn't feel socially yeah. responsible if I went out, so I stayed at home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Well, while we've been talking there, I've just been on, on, on the internet just trying to find out uh, about these adjustable hole saw 
things. Yeah. What well, the one that Wayne was talking about. Yeah, exactly. Which I like the sound of that. That, mm. that can yeah. be really, really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to drop. But you, it would, there would be. It would, sounds like it would be hard to hand to do in a handheld drill. You would need a pillar drill or something. I wouldn't even try it on a handheld drill. Mm. Oh, well, I would. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I, I oh, su- good luck then. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, uh, I'm not suggesting I'd do a good job, but I'd certainly <laughs> give it a go. Um, I've just dropped uh, a link uh, to one um, in, our, in some, our little chat. Yeah, I heard um, something ding in the background. I'm, I'm yeah. just wondering, uh, Wayne, if uh, if that looks like the kind of thing that you have a way yeah. to. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that looks looks pretty close anyway. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, well, I did see one of those when I was when I was googling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll put a, we'll put a link to that in the notes so people can understand <clears throat> what we're yeah. what we're looking mm-hmm. at there. Uh, that, I mean, that looks exactly the right thing so you can you get get you get your measurements uh very very precise and then obviously just cut it slightly on the small side and then sand it slightly larger job done yeah so, uh yeah i like that how much um, is that oh it's 40 quid i wasn't going to pay 40 quid for that's why i only spent 10 quid and and two hours <laughs> with a file exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i did i had a really sore wrist at the end of it yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it was worth i saved 20 quid yeah, yeah. that's any of that sense of accomplishment now yeah. <laughs> Well, that 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 sort of does does bring things onto onto me a little bit, um, and that I've done very little uh, large format since since last time, um, but I've I've done probably two two things. Um, the first one is I repatriated uh, my Toyo Toy Toyo Toyo Toyo. No, we've determined it's Toyo, and I'll be Have reading it? an email out to yeah. that effect. So, yes. So, yeah. so I, I was right first time then. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so i wouldn't go f- too far as to admit you were right simon okay? <laughs> you should know that okay so uh, uh well whatever that is that i've already said and we'll mm. have that confirmed later um i repatriated it from my my father's house because i've i've got i keep a bit of gear there um so that's where i've sort of this miniature is that where you go for a smoke <laughs> yes yeah um, but i've got a, a a sort of a studio there for when i um, photograph items for going on to ebay and things and uh, so so that was there and it was a case of my dad's now <clears throat> that's 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 not a covid cough by the way um my dad's uh, now self-isolating uh, because he's what 87 you know probably not a good idea for him to be uh, roaming the streets at the moment and uh, no. so he's he's keeping well out of way of things and but then about 10 days ago or just after the peter defty um interview I, I went up there and i collected a load of gear and i had the choice of uh, do i pick up the signar or do i pick up the the, the toyo 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 and oh. um and it would have made sense to have gone with the signar because i already have two two boards for it two lens boards for it and i and i've got this i mentioned it last time i've got a 75 mil rodenstock lens now um but i decided i wanted to try the toyo uh, toyo <laughs> and uh and um and which and i only have one board for it and it's a recess board as well um but it's a case of i'm thinking well i'm just going to make some boards because you know I'm, I'm doing wonderful things with 3d printing at the moment and so how hard can it be so that's 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 still the plan so i've done no more than just get get the uh get the camera um, but i really do want to use it so hopefully in the next by the time the next podcast is uh, is is ready then hopefully i've actually taken a photograph with it 
this is the this the monorail camera, yes. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I think the lens boards are a different size to my Toyo. Oh, it's really <laughs> odd calling it that. My Toyo. I don't know what that thing. Anyway, yes. My Yo-Yo camera. Um, yeah. It's 110 by 110 on the 45A, but I think those uh, monorails are bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. I, I picked up a monorail last year sometime just to use for teaching purposes so you can see you can see the movements better so it makes the beer mat thing a lot easier <laughs> and uh, it, it does have a, a much larger lens board yeah i forget the size myself yeah 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 it does and by the way it's you know i've always called it toyo yeah me too and my my feeling is unless you're in japan where toyo is proper it doesn't matter what you call it <laughs> So for me, it'll always be a Toyo. <laughs> yeah, but now I can't get Yo-Yo out of my head. And yeah. <laughs> like Simon, I'm going to be forever stumbling over the pronunciation of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, is a, it is a pain when that happens, but there you go. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so and I, I, I wanted to use the Sinar over the, uh, sorry, the Toyo over the Sinar, um, because I just I just like the way that the, the Toyo feels. So it's a little bit heavier, which isn't isn't a good thing because I'm looking at. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I want to take it out and use it. Well, at the moment you can't really do that, so uh, it, it doesn't really matter whether it's been heavier or not. But I just I just like the feel of it. So um, and that and like a lot of things, if you if you're happy happier with your equipment, it doesn't really matter if it's a technically better piece of equipment or not. If you're happier oh, no. with it, then yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be more comfortable and potentially take better photographs with it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so that's that. So I, I've got the, the, the Toyo just need to make a couple of boards and the other large format thing, uh, related, uh, thing is I, I've bought another camera. Um, and I've only, and I only, only just remembered it in the last half an hour that I've done this, because it hasn't come yet. Um, and that's, I bought a MPP micropress. Uh, okay. camera um, because it was sitting there on ebay and it was it was cheap and the sum of its parts are less than what i paid for it so i'm thinking how how bad can this be before I've, i'll lose money on it um so uh so and you might be surprised <laughs> yes yes i've i've done that and it uh with uh, many times before i think most noticeably uh with a, a citroen cx uh, car, um, which I don't know how many people in America would be familiar with uh, Citroen CX uh, cars. They, no, they, they never made it over here. So, no, but I know, I know of the Citroens, yeah. Yeah, well, it certainly doesn't surprise me that they never made it to you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but this, I mean, so it was a car that was, it was uh, out in the 70s and it went through, at the end of its life, it was in the 80s, and mine was a very late version, a 2.5 yeah. litre turbo. Uh, version and I bought it when it was probably about good 10 years old at least and I think I paid about four thousand pounds for it maybe and I, and uh and I was thinking well it's only four well actually no, it might have been less actually might, yeah it was two that no, was two thousand pounds I think it's only two thousand pounds I mean you know they they had the the reputation for um, depreciation and um, and losing money on them, whatever you did with them. I think, well, it's only two thousand. I can't lose that much. And uh, <laughs> by the time I sold it, I think I got about eight hundred pounds for it in around about <laughs> three months. <laughs> you know, yeah. so uh, yeah, everything just started to fall apart on it. Um, yeah. So, uh, but um, but yeah, so this Micropress, um, which is the, it's the effectively the British version of a speed graphic. 
Um, so it's yeah. got a, a focal plane shutter. Um, again, I, I want a focal plane shutter because I, the idea is to use it with a um, Aeroectar. Um, and I've been having a few problems with getting my speed graphic working. So I thought, well, why don't I have some, some more problems trying to get it to work with the yeah. MicroPress camera? Um, and it's straight after buying it, I also remembered why it was probably why one of the reasons why I wasn't entirely happy with using the um, speed graphic with the Aeroectar. And that's because you can't, well, you, you focus it, then you, your subject has to be perfectly still while you. Um, swap out, swap out, and uh, put your um, your film uh, film holder in, and, and so on and yeah. so on. And then you have the potential if you if your person has not been uh, made rigid in some way um, that you're going to lose that point of focus on on the eyes or something like that. And uh, whereas the the obvious way or the best way to do that is doing it using an SLR, a large format SLR, such as the kind that um, Jeff from Twentieth Century Camera um, does some those those great upgrades on the uh, graphlex super d cameras and uh, or if possible you could uh, accurately calibrate your rangefinder yes and that is that was another problem that i had and and i found that i think it needs a different kind of cam on ah. uh, because i can i could calibrate the rangefinder uh, to certain points and make it accurate at say eight feet away or 20 feet away mm -hmm. or whatever but i couldn't that that accuracy wouldn't be maintained across the focus range yeah yeah wouldn't be linear mm -hmm. exactly and so that's yeah. that's the problem i've got with that which again i'm sure there's a solution out there um but i've uh, i was losing the will um yeah <laughs> and uh, so i decided to give myself another problem with a, a different camera uh, which, uh. which will almost certainly give me the same result so, uh, so looking forward to that problem. That be that problem will be arriving in the in the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> and uh, the only other thing I've been up to is, uh, which I think I might have touched upon last time, is, and that's making lens caps. Um, nothing, not large format related, but there are well, sure, large format cameras have lenses <clears throat> that need caps. They they do, but it's a problem uh, because the the caps that I make, um, they they work on lenses with bayonets. Uh, so, so you conventional okay, rear lens caps, rear yeah. lens caps, yeah. Um, okay, because the the issue, the issue is that you can you can measure, say, uh, the, the the barrel at the front of the uh, camera, um, but the the material that I use to print the the rear lens caps is very rigid, and so it's possible to to come up with a friction fit uh, for just about yeah. everything, but you know you're talking in in you know tenths of a millimeter one way or the other yeah. can make it too tight or too slack. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's why with some of the old lens caps they would have like a bit of felt on the yeah. inside and the inside of them and just just to give it that little bit of leeway um so uh, but it's i did actually get an inquiry from somebody with a uh Kimura, uh lens uh, he wanted a real lens cap for that but uh, uh the chap was uh, somewhere in europe and he and i said to him well, if you, i can do it for you but you got to send me the lens and uh, well that would have been expensive plus yeah. he didn't really want to let go of this rare lens so uh, which i can totally understand yeah. um but uh but no the uh, the ones for the the smaller formats you know like uh exactor and uh, i'm actually doing pentacon 6 and xpan as well um, oh. and they they're going pretty well so i'm busy printing those things and, and designing new ones so uh so that's pretty much what i've been up to so wayne i'm not going to ask you what have you been on uh, up to since the uh you were with us last year um but um what have you, what have you been up to relatively recently that okay. our listeners might be interested okay. in 
Yeah. Well, actually, most of last year was spent recovering from my knee replacement surgery, and I'm much better now. I'm getting around better than I have in years. But uh, recently, just yesterday, um, I did something that I absolutely hate doing. I did some testing. Uh, it's been raining a lot around here, but uh, we had some sun yesterday, so I got out with my 4x5 and loaded up some uh, cut, or cut down some uh, photographic paper in there for a project I want to do with my 8x10 that I talked about last time. Uh, so I spent uh, some time doing eight film holders, uh, 16 sheets, different exposure settings, different uh, or some flashed, some straight, some with filters, all possible combinations. Now I have to go develop them and see what everything looks like so I can load some paper into the 8x10 and finally do something with it. <laughs> And then before that, um, I almost had a nice weekend about a week and a half ago. Actually, I did. But I was leading a, I was scheduled to lead a photo walk for Uncle Jonesy's cameras. All right. Yeah. Yeah, there, uh, Kevin and Kelly live down in Chattanooga, which is not too far away from me, about an hour or so. And uh, I offered to take uh, listeners on a nice uh, trip down one of my favorite spots. But out of an abundance of caution, we decided to postpone it. But uh, I went anyway, just by myself. And productive day. I took, uh, I think, two pictures. And got those processed and printed. And uh, when I get a chance to digitize them, I'll put them up for everyone to look at. So so what's the... Uh, you certainly with the with the current uh, restrictions. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, and it, this is always going to be dependent on uh, what country people are living in, and uh, and then parts of the country and states and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So where where you are at this moment, what kind of uh, restrictions do you have on your out- outdoor photography? Well, it it changes from day to day. Um, the latest things they closed the national park so great smoky mountains which is a couple hours away from me that's closed down completely uh, first they just closed the facility so you couldn't go to the bathroom <laughs> at least sanitarily <laughs> yeah <laughs> you always find a spot in the woods uh, and the welcome centers and all of the services and then they closed down the entire park and the state followed suit they closed down the facilities at most of the state parks and some of the more popular trails they've closed. Um, and, of course, they recommend you don't go out, or if you do, maintain that six-foot social distance thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's certainly difficult uh, here in the UK now, um, as yeah. in it's – the advi- advice is uh, only go out if it's essential. And, mm-hmm. and I, I really struggle. Uh, to to justify or find a way to describe going out and taking photographs as as, as essential. So uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that pretty much uh, keeps keeps us locked down. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. Here they're they're just suggesting you don't go out unless you have to, but there's no restrictions on it. Yeah. If, if I wanted to go alongside the road and take pictures, you know, they'll maybe drive by and frown at me. But um, <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing that says I can't yet. Well, I think seven seven days ago that was the situation here, and uh, yeah. it's it's been tightened up a little bit since then. So, uh, yeah. well, hopefully we'll uh, see the back of you know, this 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 problem in in the not yeah. too distant future. Um, Hope so. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
Andrew, um, mm-hmm. shall we do what we promised to do and yeah. uh, and have a go at these emails and then Wayne can mm. help us uh, give, give some answers? Or make yeah. up something that uh, yeah. sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just try and make sure they're in uh, chronological order because you sent that one through a little while ago. That was 12th of March. Um, oh, this is an easy one. Let's just do this because it just says... <laughs> <laughs> from dear old Ian Fleming came in. This is probably not the oldest one, but anyway, it's the easiest one to deal with. Ian Fleming, hello, Ian. Hope you're doing well. Um, hope the train's okay. Uh, he's referring to our interview with Sam Heiser, he of Instant Film uh, New 55, man who was on a couple of shows ago. Simon, Andrew, Sam, really enjoyed this episode. Thanks, Ian. Excellent. All right. And so there's not really a question there, but I would ask um, our guest, um, Wayne, uh, you shot any large format um, negative positive film? You know, the old Polaroid 55 or similar products or even the new uh, 55? Well, actually, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Can you not I'm just make it? I've never had an interest in, in instant film. I don't know why. I just never have. Uh, never had a desire to use any Polaroid products at all. Wow. I don't know what's wrong with you two. <laughs> I wonder that myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, as, as I've said before, it passed me by for many, many years. All, all the time I was... Um, you know, shooting film in the in the eighties, and well, I've always shot film, never digital. But all the time I was yeah. um, making photographs, yeah. the whole Polaroid thing. I think I I never really, I never really got it, you know, and and yeah. I never really got it until until I couldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had access to it. I worked in a camera store in the late seventies, early eighties, and we sold a ton of that stuff. Mm. We had some businesses in the town of Oak Ridge there that. Uh, I don't know what they used it for, but they'd come in and buy cases of the stuff. And um, well, if it was a peel apart stuff, it was probably all used for studio exposure shots, wasn't it? But, yeah. And I had never any interest in that, but uh, yeah. and I suppose I looked at you know Polaroid camera, which was a plastic bit of rubbish, yeah. basically. Yeah. And and the old SX seventy cameras, the original SX seventies from the uh, from mm-hmm. the seventies. I didn't. They weren't even a thing I, I recognized because I'd never seen one until probably ten years ago. You know, so yeah. I didn't realize that these very high class cameras were out there for integral film. And then I didn't realize how good the peel apart stuff was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so people are using it very creatively in large format. So um, yeah, if you yeah, I've yeah, seen that, some nice, that's some nice stuff done with it. I just never had a desire to use it myself. Yeah, I did buy some since since uh, Sam came on the show. I then I bought a couple of boxes of the of the film Atomic X that goes into uh, in, into the positive negative material. And I've used Atomic X before, and it is a lovely, yeah. lovely uh, uh, film. So um, and it's quite reasonably priced, particularly if you live in America, because mm. you um, I paid shipping and then I got stung on bloody import charges as well so yeah. I wasn't, wasn't terribly happy but anyway I've got the film now for uh, for when I go all around the country taking pictures which isn't going to happen soon is it no <laughs> and I was going to say something else about that instant photography but I can't remember what it was anyway Sam that was, thanks for coming on and Ian thank you for that email 
So moving on, unless you've got anything to add to I, that debate on instant film, have you, Simon? I, I haven't, but there's just something that uh, popped into my head, and I, I, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, because I'm just looking through the the emails that we that we that we've had, and there was a, a conversation that I've, I've, I just spotted, and I can't remember if I've actually mentioned it or not on the podcast. I've certainly mentioned it in on Instagram and uh, uh, on on my Instagram and also in the group. Um, but Kyle Harvey, um, he created um, our our little logo for us that we we're, we're now using when 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 we see fit to use it. Uh, which is a picture of a uh, a, a large format cam with the, with the letters LFPP uh, underneath them, and I can't for the life of me remember if we've actually mentioned this on the podcast. So, uh, um, and so I just want to say thanks to uh, Kyle for um, doing that um, piece of design for us. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a neat logo, and, um, and mm. yeah, and uh, I just want to say thank you again if I haven't already done so, Kyle. Yeah, thanks, Carl. I don't know if you have or not, but uh, I don't remember it. But uh, there you go. So you, I probably haven't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you use it mainly on the Instagram, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah, which is not still not really getting much use out of me, is it really? But uh, um, but yeah, whenever if we do an announcement, uh, then 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 it goes up, and um, yeah, yeah. So it's there. It's there when we need it, and um, and. It's re- it was really nice of Kyle to offer to make it and uh, and then making it. So uh, thank you again, yeah. Kyle. So on the 16th of February, which isn't all that long ago, really, um, Bob Matter wrote to us. And I better read this one out because there is a specific timeline relating to the email. So yeah. Um, Simon, please make this announcement on the Classic Lenses podcast and large format photography podcast. So I don't know whether you have already announced this. Age, ages ago. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> An exhibit, I think it's still on. Yeah, it's still on. An exhibit of large format salt prints and waxed salt prints from the 1850s by photographer and Egyptologist John Beasley Green is on display at the Art Institute of Chicago. I don't know whether, I wonder if these things are still on or they've been cancelled. <laughs> yeah, you prob- probably can't. Well, the, no, yeah. the photographs are probably in there, but you probably can't see them Yeah, but you just now. can't see them yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, through, through May 25th, 2020. I think it, in proper English, that means it's on display until May the, May the 25th, 2020. Yeah. Uh, additionally, admission to the AIC is free. <laughs> not anymore, it's not. Because it's locked. It's free for Illinois residents on weekdays. I encourage visitors to also view the continuously rotating exhibit of photographs from the museum's permanent collection, based in the lower level. Well, um, it sounds lovely. Uh, And once we get back to some semblance of normality, whatever that is... um, you can, and you live anywhere near Chicago, you will probably know about the Art Institute. Um, go and see some yeah. That's it. And, salt prints. Yeah, and we do have a, a link. Um, so mm. at least you can actually see the pictures mm. online, at least, anyway. So, some yeah, of them, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So we can put those into the into the show notes, and uh, anybody's oh. interested in seeing those, then, uh, well, yeah. a, few, a number of them. We'll have a look. And, of course, the large yeah. format um, making alternative prints, you don't need a an original large format negative of course you can make digital negatives as we've discussed before but um you can use um, prints from large format cameras wayne um mm-hmm. hesitate to ask have you made 
salt prints or indeed waxed salt prints? I never messed with salt. I did do some uh, gum bichromate Ooh. prints a while back. That was cool. that was interesting. <laughs> um, go on, tell us all about gum gum bichromate. Oh, if I can remember the process, it's been uh, actually it's I kind of was forced, gum, out, gum I was forced into it. But do what? Gum Arabic is it? Is that right? What, yeah, that is? yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, when I went back to school to get my teaching degree quite a while back, uh, they had a photography, a student photography contest, and I, of course, entered that and and got first place. So I got awarded a um, independent studies in art class for free. So I decided, well, come by chromate. Why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, the basic process, you use whatever paper you want, uh, make sure it's sized because it takes repeated immersions in water. Mm. And um, gum Arabic with the pigment of your choice. I just use straight uh, black pigment. I didn't get fancy with three colors or anything like that. Yeah. And then uh, gum by, then, uh, potassium bichromate, I think it is. Anyway, you, you coat the paper let it dry, contact print, UV sensitive, uh, take it in, you wash it, and the, the water dissolves away the unexposed uh, material. And you usually end up with not a very dense image. So you recode it, put the negative back on in perfect registration, hopefully, and repeat the process until you get something with the density you like. That sounds like a load of dickheads. It's, it's very time-consuming. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do have two of them uh, in frames over here on the wall. I'll uh, I'll take a shot of them sometime and and post them. So keeping a negative in perfect registration, people use pin registration systems, or they can do, can't they? Where you can just put a yeah, pin. Yeah, I didn't. The... I didn't get that fancy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did use pins, but uh, I had like a uh, that wasn't a cork board, maybe like. A, mm foam core or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But I put a couple of pins in there that I could put things back into yeah, the place. Well, that's, that's the same thing, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. people also combine that process with others, don't they? So they put it, yeah. they, they do like a platinum print or something and then do. Yeah. And they do uh, multiple colors too. And what's yeah. one of the nice things about it. And if I ever really got into it again, I may try it, but even with a black and white negative, you could do uh, you know, a blue pigment in your gum Arabic in the sky area. And, you know, a green pigment in what would be grass, so you could selectively color different parts of it. There's too many things to do, isn't there? Yeah. If only we were just stuck at home every day. Yeah. <laughs> with nothing to do. <laughs> uh-huh. But now, now we are. How many people now are stuck at home and they've been wishing that they had all this time and... Uh, and, and procrastination now takes over. No, no and you end up, except you end up... Uh, I just yeah. get this episode of Netflix watched, or I just make another yeah. cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, before we move off of uh, Bob's uh, uh, email here, uh, yeah. I don't think I, I mentioned this last time I was on, but I noticed his closing statement here about the museum's permanent collection. Uh, I'm going to take a moment to brag on myself here. <laughs> This was back in uh, 2001. Uh, the Tennessee State Museum purchased one of my photographs for their permanent collection. Yeah. So it's uh, so I'm uh, I don't know when or if they ever put it up on display, but they they own one of my prints. How, so how how did they come to be aware of it? 
Um, or did they you shamel- had... sh- shamelessly go and plug it to them? No, no. They, they actually, I saw an announcement in the paper. They were sponsoring a, I think they called it a Best of Tennessee art mm-hmm. exhibit mm-hmm. And, and competition. Open to all artistic medium, 2D, 3D, anything you wanted to. So um, just for fun, I entered, I think, three images. And uh, one of them won a purchase award, they called it. Wow. Oh, that's, that's cool. And what was, could you describe the image? Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Yahoo Falls Sunrise. Uh, it's on the Flickr page somewhere. <laughs> but it's, I, I'm looking at it right here on the wall, as a matter of fact. Uh, it's a, a typical, around here, tall, slender waterfall over on the left-hand side, uh, framed with a rock overhang kind of coming all, all the way across the top and then down partway in the bottom, uh, some trees on the right. And this is one I almost didn't take. <laughs> I, I love that soft early morning light, you know, before the sun comes up and everything is nice and muted and, and all kinds of shades of gray. And I spent so much time finding the right spot for the camera. And I was setting it up ready to load the film and take my meter readings. And all of a sudden the sun came above the horizon. So it just lit up the fog uh, up there. And I, at first I said, okay, well, that was a wasted morning. But then the more I looked at it, it, it adds a nice misty look to the background in there. So turned out to be one I really like, one of my favorites now. I'm just just well, on your Flickr page, I'm just trying to trying to spot mm-hmm. the photograph now. Okay. So let that be a lesson to listeners out there. If you if you've ever felt to the need to dump on waterfall type pictures, then um, Yarboo sucks to you because Wayne has a picture in right. the, in a permanent collection in a in a proper gallery. So That's there. right. Yeah. <laughs> proper, proper art. Proper and art. actually, it's not even in Tennessee. You know, it's it's actually in Kentucky, right across the border. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh. and Mike Gutterman in to look at it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's in the north end of the Big South Fork National River and Recreation Area. While Simon's looking for that, I'll press on then. Just feel free to interrupt if you find his picture and uh, it was your, direct your, people to it. Yahoo, I'm, look, I'm looking for the word Yahoo, I take. Is that correct? Try Google. Y A H O. Try Googling it. Well, no, I've got the, I've got the, uh, the fl- Wayne's Flickr page. Oh, my, my. My clever jokes are wasted on you, aren't they? Completely. Uh, Yahoo. Try Googling it. Yeah, I, I get it now. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. I, st- it, I haven't found yeah. the photos, though. So, uh, okay, good. Right. Yeah. Shall I move on, then? Christopher <laughs> J. May. Christopher J. May. So, 25th of February, are we coming? Are we getting closer to March? I think we are, aren't we? Yeah. So, you sent this to me, Simon. Uh, hi, Andrew. Ignore most of this email and check out the bit about Jim Galley. So you, we read out Christopher's recommendations of Jim on a previous show. So going back down the bottom, there's a bit about Jan, Jim Galley. Should have rehearsed this, shouldn't I? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Meanwhile, I keep forgetting to follow up about Jim Galley. Am I pronouncing his name right, Simon? G-A-L-L-I. Anyway, Jim is a large format photographer out in the Nevada desert that delights in old lenses. His collection includes stuff from nameless meniscus lenses to true aristocrats like Pinkham 
and Smith visual quality lenses. He hasn't updated his website in a while, yeah, but no, there's a wealth of information out. there. It's available at uh, Tono, oh, Tono Power Pictures. Oh, dear. I'll just put it in the link in the show notes if you can look that up. I can't go through that great big address. He's also quite active on the large format photography forum and has posted a bunch of stuff there as well. I think he'd be a fun guest on either the Classic Lenses podcast or the LFPP or both. He's recently retired too, so hopefully would have some free time. So, Simon, do you um, – I haven't checked that out, but uh, got anything to say about that? Uh, no, but I found the photograph. What, the waterfall? <laughs> and uh, and I've, uh, I've just put it into our chat, and it's a very nice photograph. And, uh, of a waterfall. It, it is. It is. In an art gallery. Exactly. And it's, uh, a museum, actually. Museum. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah, it deserves to oh, be yeah. there. Thank Yahoo you. Falls. Now, was is that a that looks like a, a a print that you would probably have split grade printed on? Actually, not this. I, I printed this years ago, and yeah. uh, this is before I knew anything about split grade printing. Well, who needs split grade printing then? That's all I'd say. Well, if you get a good negative, you don't. But uh, it, it's so much easier with split grade. I think that looks great. Thank you. Oh, just going back to Christopher's email, I can't find yep. it. Yeah. I can't. I can't find the message. Uh, so uh, <laughs> you sent it to me on uh, Wednesday, twenty sixth of February, yeah, ten twenty seven a.m. Okay, I wonder if it, I, I, I probably didn't send it via the large format. So you haven't invited, you haven't checked out Jim's work and no. invited him onto the Classic Lenses podcast. I've, I've done absolutely none of that. So um, okay, I'll add yeah. him onto our I'll add him onto our list as yes. someone put, to check out. Then put put him on there definitely, and we'll we'll take a proper look. Thank you for that. And then you can get excited about Pinkham and Smith visual quality lenses at the same time, which I've never heard of. Them. Yeah, it's news to me as well. But uh, there, there are so many. That, that's the thing about the lot. Well, you can say that about almost all of these subjects about lenses and, and things. But I, I know my way around thirty-five millimeter very well. Um, large ah. format, less so. And, and and I keep coming across some 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 brands, uh, whether whether they be old or relatively modern, I've never heard of, and then find out just how wonderful yeah. they are. So it's uh, it's a constant uh, source of discovery. Hmm. Excellent. All right. So Chris Freer sent an email to to us in also in March. Yeah. For the attention of Simon. Yeah, I don't get a mention. I don't get a mention in any of these emails. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's the, yeah, if, yeah, he's, he's classing you and I as the same. Uh, I think that's we what are one. Says, yeah. We are Borg. Yeah. Well, the, um, I was going to say Chris sent this through via my website, so I think mm-hmm. that's um, so that that is one of the things. Yeah, you listen to these podcasts and you think, and the and you know that every podcast has got an email address, and then when you finish listening to the podcast, you think, oh, I want to email whichever podcast it is. And I don't know about you, but I can never remember the email address, even though I've probably heard it 20, 30, 40 times. And uh, so sometimes it's easier to try and find one of the hosts and just find any old way of getting in touch and then using that as the means, which I think is what Chris did here. Yeah, so I think what Chris is doing here is kind of introducing himself and sent us some pictures, some nice portraits. So we uh, we can go into those in a minute. In fact, what I'll probably end up doing is 
as he's gone to the effort of sharing those with us. I'll see if I can drop those into the show notes. Um, anyway, let me read Chris's uh, Chris's email. Chris says, most of my work has, has to be digital because publications simply only want digital these days. So I guess Chris must be at least earn some of his living from photography. From time to time, I get to use film, mainly 120. But back in 2011, I got bitten by the large format bug when another um, then local photographer invited me to visit so he could show off his newly acquired MPP 5x4 monorail. I remember it took him half an hour to photograph a padlock on a door uh, because... He'd never used the thing before. I think. He even, can, I think even when you've actually used one of these cameras before, it can still take you half an hour to take a photograph yeah. of a paddle quite <laughs> easily. Quick. Yeah. Well, the damn things keep moving, don't they? They don't stand still. Yeah. He compounded. He compounded things by trying to process the film. Process the film emulsion side outward. In an unconverted round Patterson tank. Oh dear. Um, so what does he mean? He just stuck the film taco style, do they call it, in a tank? Well, without without the taco bit. I think he just pops it in yeah. the tank. Emulsion side yeah. stick into the outside, or the, the face. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, that's, isn't, yeah. But that's what they call, don't they call taco developing just shoving it in a no, tube? No, don't no, they? No. Is that, or What is it then? It's, you, uh, you use like an elastic band. And so you... you oh, do you? you yeah, you, you bend it round. Um, so, it's, so it's like a taco as if like mm-hmm. you're going to fill it with some some food and uh, you do it emulsion side in yeah of course and um exactly the opposite to what what uh, this chap did and uh, and then you use an elastic band and, and you put up with the fact that you will get some kind of banding mark because where the you'll get it on, i know it's on the non emulsion side exactly, but you will yeah. you will get some yeah. kind of mark on it because you yeah. I mean, it's. I've I've heard mixed results. I've never. I haven't tried it myself, but some I, some people. No, have, yeah, some people work. It works for them, and some people it doesn't. Mm. So, uh, but that's that's the taco method, and I think you can get a, a couple of, a couple of two or three sheets into it. So, a, into a what about tanker. these? Yeah. What about these BZ tubes that folks talk about, and we've had people have talked about on here? You know the mm-hmm. the tubes. Yeah. Don't they? You just you, you don't use rubber bands of those, do you? you just shove yeah. them in. Yeah, uh, just one one sheet per tube. Yeah, but the yeah. tube the tubes are the same all designed to take the film, aren't they? Whereas a Patterson yeah. tank is not designed to take a. Uh, so what's the difference then? Diameter, the diameter of the tube. I imagine there's going to be like a, a hard stop and stop and start points for where you put the film to make sure that it sits correctly in the tube. Is there anything in the tube it? to allow the free flow of developer around? completely round the negative or well, does it, it just, just stick to the wall of the tube well that's a, i think that's the point the the, the sheets um the the non-emulsion side of the sheets sticks to the wall and then leaving the emulsion side available to whatever be developed yeah it's yeah. in there yeah yeah okay yeah then i imagine you're going to have to wash it afterwards to get any anti-hylation off of the base yeah that would make sense yeah, mm. yeah. a lot of people like that method Okay, yeah. good. Never really thought about it, to be honest, because I've never, never really had to think about it. Yeah. Do you use those tubes, Wayne? I can't remember whether you... Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, I use so I use dip and dunk for the longest time. Um, yeah. But now I use a, a combi plant tank. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember you telling yeah. us. 
Anyway, back to um, Chris's Ooh, email. I was going to say, just oh, on, on the subject of combi plan, I've got mine working properly now. So, uh, yeah. oh, good. Yeah. So, after after many failures um, and yeah. some ex- extra parts that I had lying around and found them, and I yeah. thought, oh, this might work with the tank. And yeah, it did. And right. um, yeah, a bit of super glue in places, and that, now it appears to work. I just need to take photos now. I've yeah. been enjoying using the 20th century insert. Um, and and the last lot I did was a combination of X-ray, double-sided X-ray film, and FP4 together in Caffanol CL stand development, and it and uh, I, both came out really well. There wasn't a mark, any mark at all on the X-ray X-ray film. So Good. That was, uh, it was excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one of those uh, 20th century uh, reels for eight by ten. Just used it a couple of times so far, but seems to work real well. That must be a huge thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, actually, just just reminded me uh, of something there about uh, developing in large format. It's a slight tangent, um, mm-hmm. but I read, I think it was last week, to say that uh, your is it Kevin down the road at Wet Plate Supplies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Lund. Yeah, yeah he'd, uh, it, it, I believe it stopped. Um, it's like shut up shop as far as wet plate. Uh, chemicals was a uh, problem with him getting ethanol so hmm. uh, so I don't know if um, if that situation has changed but um, a couple of weeks ago he wasn't he wasn't supplying many wet plate specific supplies as a result of the shortage of chemicals hmm I saw now what did I see I saw that he'd suspended the 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 um basket you know adding things to the cart and i didn't really read it properly and that was that's what yeah. it was but was it just for wet plate chemical i know he's called wet plate supplies but you can go there and buy all sorts of other raw chemicals i, d- I don't him. i didn't go into it any more than that but certainly i haven't was, spoken was, to him in a while yeah, yeah anything that used ethanol was going to be a problem so i don't know if yeah. if, if what proportion of his business is, is wet plate supplies i mean that's the name of his company isn't it but yeah he does yeah. Other stuff yeah i mean i use him like others do like neil piper i know i pick up stuff from him for buy uh, silver nitrate from him and um uh, photography grade uh, sodium carbonate you know washing soda if you want to add that to your various processes um uh, other things as well you know pretty much any other raw chemicals he does so oh well i have to check that out because i'm Hope he doesn't just wrap up completely. I know he was kind of talking about it, um, about pulling out of that side of the business, but I don't. I didn't think he'd decided to. Maybe it's just a, the ethanol side of things, but well, or maybe now he needs to change the name of his company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, su- supplies. That's, that's all yeah. he's got left, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. Just, just uh, yeah. It, it's still got the notice on there at the moment, and uh, he goes, and this is used. It is talking about ethanol. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. Uh, it's used in most of our wet plate supplies, um, and we've had to, we take the tough decision to close the checkout at this time. So I think that applies to everything. Um, that appears to be the case wow. to me. Ooh. Right. Well, I need to go back and revisit that post and get in touch with him and have yeah. a chat with him. Yeah. Well, you just just go onto his onto his uh, page. Yeah, but I'd like to ring him up and have a chat with oh, him yeah, see how yeah. the land lies. That's fair enough. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, that'd be a great shame then, because. Uh, you can buy things like silver nitrate elsewhere, but pretty much twice the price that he charges. I've I've just tried to uh, just check something. I've just uh, added some pyro film developer to my cart, and mm. uh, and that seemed to work. 
So it looks like it's uh, just a, mm. it, it may well be just the wet plate stuff. Um, so uh, okay. fingers crossed, the other stuff's still available. Yep. Okay. So Chris carries on. So he tried to process his film emulsion side outward in an unconverted round Petson tank. Needless to say, the emulsion got no chemicals as the films sprang to and stuck to the side of the tank, as we've just discussed. The only image to come of that day was a portrait I took of the guy with his camera and my DSLR. There you go, you see, just use a digital (laughs) camera. You don't need to mess around with all this. Really? (laughs) Yeah. In fact, just another slight tangent. We should have had Peter Defty on this show, shouldn't we? Uh, I was watching... (laughs) are Ben Horn on YouTube. And I don't know if any of you have seen Ben Horn's recent uh, or most recent posts on his uh, annual trip to Death Valley. He made, a, a, his, I think it was episode two I was watching just last week on YouTube. And Ben would set his camera up, his large format uh, um, Swiss, Arca Swiss camera. And he was taking a shot, I think it was, I think it was early in the morning just as the sun was coming up and he was waiting for it to the sun to illuminate these mountains in the background and he had some salt flats and a little pool of water or a little stream meandering away. And the next thing you know, he just he was just like really despondent and he was saying, I, I just forgot how to meet it. He said, and I've missed, uh, I think I've messed up the shots and he, he, he was really depressed and he actually sang, and it's making me reevaluate this whole shooting film business. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> and whether I shouldn't just go to digital. Yeah, I think he calmed down a bit a bit later, but uh, yeah, easier with digital. So he says it took me another four years to get my own five by four. In this case, a Calumet CC four hundred monorail five by four Bitsa. I bought the camera from a guy called Terry McGrory in Liverpool who had, who had it imported from Iris Point Camera Dealer in Clifton, Montana with the intention of getting into large format photography. But for whatever reason, he quickly lost interest and I picked up a bargain. But bargain, though, is a relative word, as I was soon to find out. If you're an indoor photographer, a heavy monorail, or Simon, a heavy men- monorail camera like the CC400 is fine, but if you're an outdoor or location photographer lumping the heavy camera around quickly becomes a chore well i don't necessarily agree i used a sign for a year or so my first large format camera it was a monorail i quite liked it but then i wasn't backpacking i think if you're backpacking yeah, you, just, you just work a little closer to the car <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah i took yeah I, I worked on the principle of, i was trying to be ansel adams i didn't set the camera up on the roof of the car but you know you get it i yeah. just drove and worked out the back uh-huh. The dealer on Montana, Montana, Montana takes lots of identical cameras and makes one or two good ones, hence the Bitsa. Uh, the camera came without a lens, uh, but this is where I first discovered the generosity of the large format movement. Now, I takes he mean I think he means the community as opposed to <laughs> the, like the way that, as opposed <laughs> to the beer mat movement, something which is absent in mainstream photography. Ooh, there's a talking point. I came across a local guy when I still lived in Scotland who had used large format cameras commercially. He had a lens sitting in a cupboard, which he lent me. He also came and dropped off the lens and gave me some tips on how to use the camera. I used it to take the attached portraits. 
So he met a lovely person who helped. And I think, I think most of the folks who I interact with in the analog photography world are pretty generous spirited people. Absolutely. Yeah. From what I can see the young lady. So um, Chris shares four photographs of a, a lady in overalls with a hat on by some kind of um, race race car, and then a uh, guy with a wheelbarrow doing something. I can't see. Um, oh, there you go. It's going to tell me if I read this email properly. The young lady is a local lady who's a part-time race car driver with her Rover MG car. The portrait was taken outdoors using available light uh, with a 5x4 format camera on HP5 film. Uh, the second portrait is a local sculptor in his garden using a dry stone walling technique to create a layered stone globe. Because <sighs> you I haven't got COVID, isn't it? My lungs will be given out by now. After five, st- About five seconds after I made the exposure, the partially complete sculpture collapsed. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. Yeah. As he hadn't supported each successive layer as it came further out. Well, I, to, I need to make that picture bigger because I can't quite see. Anyway, as far as I'm aware, I'm the only person in Lincolnshire doing large format. I doubt it, Chris. You're not actually that far away from me, Chris. So um, I perhaps when things calm down, let's see if we can't get together. Um, he gives shares I know how details. he feels, though. Often I think I'm the only one in the area shooting film at all. <laughs> yeah. So he's clearly a commercial photographer because he's an NUJ yeah. member, which is the National Union of Journalists. Um, so yeah. I guess his day job is some kind of photojournalism, and he gets his kicks now from large format photography. And I think anyone who uses large format photography to do environmental portraits, um, brilliant. Yeah. Do you do many environmental portraits, Wayne? No, I don't do people. <laughs> Just why did we have you on this show again? I, I wondered that myself. Maybe I was available. <laughs> you were cheap. <laughs> uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne, uh, Simon, you've dabbled with a bit of environmental portraiture, haven't you? I've did tried. Father, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 an area. I mean, I've I I like Wayne. I I don't do people, but I I do want to. And mm. um, and I, I've got I've, I don't have a great interest in studio photography, um, but I like the idea behind environmental uh, portrait photography or just environmental mm-hmm. you know, people in in their workplace and stuff like that. That's that is something yeah. that really appeals to me, and, and particularly appeals to me doing that with large formats as opposed to you know any of the other formats. So. Um, yeah, I can I can see myself doing that at some point, but it's just one of those things I've been telling myself I want to do for the last two years, maybe three, and never do. Um, so um, I just one of those things I need to make more of an effort. But at least I've got an excuse for not doing it at the moment. You know, so yeah. that's the only reason I'm not doing it right as we speak now uh, because I'm not allowed out of the house. So, yeah. uh, but eventually, uh, we've had enough guests on here, I think, who. Uh who uh, do environmental type portraits and at some point we'll have the lifeboat project man on as well. So uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not enough to get you inspired, Alec, uh, Alex Purcell shared some that he'd made with an artist down on the Welsh seaside coast uh, a while back now, I think back end of last year with his intrepid camera. So um, if you look up Alex Purcell's work, I'm sure you'll see his environmental portraits. Yeah. So he made some nice images of an artist somewhere down on, uh, I don't 
don't know, the Mumbles, Barry Island or some such Welsh seaside place. So thank you very much, Chris, for that lovely email and introduction. And if there's anybody else out there in Lincolnshire with a large format camera, get in touch with Chris. Or get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch. Yeah, but at the moment you might just have to wait a bit. Okay, so moving on, unless you guys have got anything else to say about that, two more emails. Um, No. So Tom DeCorsia wrote Japanese monorails, pronunciation, pronunciation. How do you say that? Pronun- <laughs> I just say pronunci- pronunciation. Pronun- how do you pronounce pronunciations? Yeah, and health. <laughs> Dear sirs. There you go. That's much more respectful. Yeah. Uh, I happen to be listening to your latest podcast, 24, while in my kitchen in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, at least one person here enjoys your podcast. Oh, I'm sure we have lots of Japanese <laughs> listeners. What are you getting at? Um, as an aside, neither I nor anyone I know here has the coronavirus. Well, I think there's been a few cases recently, uh, Tony, since you in the in the less than a month since you wrote to us. Uh, but thank you for your concern. Or did I express concern? I must have done. Maybe Simon did. I, I can't remember expressing concern. Yeah, it's not, it's not like me to express concern, So, but who knows? I might have done it. <laughs> As discussed, the Japanese company TOYO makes monorail view cameras. Well, we've just been discussing those. There was also another company called TOHO. Have you noticed I've not yes. tried to pronounce them? <laughs> no, no, I've tried yet. to pronounce them. Yeah. So there's TOYO makes monorail view cameras and indeed field cameras, um, Tom, because I have one. And there's another company called TOHO, T-O-H-O that made monorail view cameras. The TOHO cameras, though not as common, do show up on the used market. They are relatively expensive, though, in demand because of their lightweight. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Well, that's like the Arc. Ben Horn uses the Arca Swiss, and that's a kind of a monorail type design isn't it and uh, that's very lightweight as well so maybe that's the same sort of thing immediately identifiable because they have round lens boards Mm. Mm. interesting i just bought my first proper view camera a toyo 45g2 now i think that's the latest iteration of the camera i have which is the toyo toyo 45a i think because toyo that japanese company still makes cameras and i think that's probably the latest version uh all black um it was sold as junk for four thousand yen that sounds low like a load of money doesn't it but apparently that's 38 (laughs) dollars but it is in fine condition wow okay i mean i never find anything that's sold as junk and it's in fine condition Have you ever found anything, Simon? You must have done because you're that kind of person. You must have found something. Yeah. You, you you buy loads of crap, don't you? And you find gold nuggets in in boxes of crap, don't you? That, that's it. If you you buy enough crap, you find gold. It's as simple as that. <laughs> it, it's it just it really is as simple as that. But the problem is, you have to potentially go through a lot of it before you get something that's really good. But it yeah. does happen, definitely. Wayne, have you bought something that you thought was crap and turned out to be in really good condition? No. <laughs> 
I don't. I, I, I don't know where all the all everyone finds these things, but I'll stop at yeah. you know flea markets or estate sales or whatnot every once in a while. I rarely find anything of interest. Mm. It's mostly old Polaroids or mm. point and shoots and that kind of stuff. Although I did, the last one I went to, I found a uh, Nikon uh, uh, bellows unit with the slide duplicator attached. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I have no need for it, but I hated to see it end up in a flea market somewhere. Of so I, I went back the last day and paid a little bit for it and then turned around and sold it to someone who was going to use it. You know? mm-hmm. It was my job to rescue things once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really yeah. good thing to do. Yeah. I'm looking forward to using it and your podcast will help. Excellent. Um, okay, so here's the meat of it. Pronunciation of Japanese is really very simple. The vowels and consonants are just like Spanish. Oh, that you're, not hel- you're not helping me here, Tom. <laughs> As in Spanish, pronunciation is perfectly regular. I'm still not with you. Quite unlike English. T-O-Y-O does in fact rhyme with yo-yo. Simon was... <laughs> <laughs> Toyo. That's it. So we'll, we'll we'll stick with that. But what did you say, Wayne? You did you said something about this, didn't you, a little while ago? I said I've I've always heard it as Toyo. I've always called it Toyo. So unless I'm in Japan, I'm going to call it Toyo. <laughs> yeah. So just because you're living in Japan, Tom, don't think you can come here, come on this show and tell us how to pronounce Japanese that's words. Right. There's that's more of us thing. than there are of you. So. Yeah, you're outnumbered. So that's really good. So if you're listening, Tom, post a picture of your. So okay, so how do you pronounce T O H O? Toho would be to- Toho. Yeah, I guess. To- Toho, yeah, yeah. Not, not, yeah. How else would you pronounce it? Toyo, Toho. Yeah. <laughs> Toyo, Toho, Toho. Uh, yeah. Move, move, move on very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Post some pictures. Um, post some pictures, Tom. And finally, from the emails. Um, if we have time, there's a couple on the Facebook group we can talk about. Mark Fole. Never sure how to pronounce Mark's surname. F-O-H-L. Old large format lenses. Hi, guys. I'm now. I'm just now listening to your podcast with Sam Heiser. You mentioned some issues with older lenses, sizes of holes in the lens boards and shutter repair. We did, didn't we? And we discussed perhaps if somebody got into shutter repair they'd have a job for life that was that conversation wasn't it yeah i do know that there are some old american made lenses oh i knew there's a reason why we got wayne on um <laughs> that have different size holes in the lens boards yep uh, the two brands that come to mind are raptar and optar i needed a lens board for my linhoff technica and i had to go to china by ebay Several providers make technical lens boards. Yep. Uh, the standard boards are about $20, and for another five, they will drill a custom hole. Also, I have needed help with shutters, and I have worked with Andrew Coleman in Pittsburgh. For American, for American listeners, he does excellent work for a reasonable price, and he has good turnaround time. So, um, uh, the Taking his email a bit, uh, a bit at a time, the size of the holes. So normally we deal with uh, t- uh, the most common sort of with modern lenses would be the Copal shutter size holes, which yeah. is zero, uh, one, and three. 
and zero. A couple and, make a double zero also. I think there is a double. Yes, double I've seen zero. reference to a double zero, but I've never. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen one. Yeah. Zeros, zeros. You normally find on one hundred and fifty lenses. Um, ones, if you've got two ten, two forty, probably a one. And if you get something bigger, it'll be a, a three. Um, yeah. Now there's also the uh, old Ilex shutters. I don't know if they used the standard size or not. I never bothered to. Well, the two that I, uh, I just measure and cut a hole to whatever size it is. You know. <laughs> yeah. The, the the two brands. Oh, that reminds me to ask you something about retaining rings in a minute. The two brands that come to mind are Raptar and Optar. So, are they are they shutters or are they? Are they? No, those are the lenses themselves. The lenses, are they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raptor. They're woolen sacks, aren't they? Yeah. Um, oh, are they? Yeah. I'm not sure about the Optar, whether that's woolen sack or not. I don't know. Or is that the uh, Graflex branded one? Yeah. 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 So as far as I know, it's the same lens, just depending. Uh, the Optars came on the graphics, I think. Mm. Okay. Well, the Linhoff boards um, uh, are, are probably one of the most common, and certainly if you've got an Intrepid camera, they take that size um, yeah. boards. I can't remember the dimensions, but um, they're fairly standard across a lot of cameras. You'll find those. Um, I've never used one. Are they metal? Are they all metal boards? Yeah. Okay. Well, That's why I like my Mister. It's, it's a 4x4 four four wooden board, so... Yeah. I can go out to the garage and make one. <laughs> well, you can make one. I mean, all, on my Toyo, um, all my modern lenses are mounted on wooden, wooden yeah. 110 millimeter by 110 millimeter boards. Yeah. But uh, Neil Piper's father-in-law sent me some wooden blanks. So, yeah, eBay's probably your friend there. Um, Mike Walker, uh, a friend of the podcast uh, Facebook group. And I'll get a plug-in for you, Mike, seeing you're always trying to sell things on there. Um, I think you can get your you can get your lens boards from Mike, uh, along with a pinhole camera. So what else? Um, and he mentions Andrew Coleman in Pittsburgh. American listeners. Are you familiar with Andrew Coleman in Pittsburgh? Mm, I've never you, heard of him. You live in America. Do you know him? <laughs> really? We all, we all know each other. <laughs> well, that's what you guys say. I got yeah. my, my cousin. My cousin's got a friend in, in, in London. Do you, do you guys know him? Well, it's, it's yeah. got a smaller place over there, too. Yeah, so naturally, you all know each other. <laughs> okay. There we go. That's the last of the paper emails, Simon. Yeah. I think I think we've got time for one of those conversations that came out of uh, our Facebook group uh, because okay. I think largely because you mentioned that we were going to be talking about this kind of stuff. So uh, I think we, we really do need to talk about that, don't we? Should we? Uh, well, you've got the, probably the shortest one to address is AJ White. Um, he's in the market for a new four by five. That must mean he's American. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I love my Burke and James, but I want or need. Ah, you see. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Do you want it or do you need it? There's lots of things I want. Yeah. And, you, and the thing is, you have to convince yourself that you need them too. Yeah. So you need well, something when I was more. In sales, that, that's what I was always, you know, it doesn't matter if you need this or not. Do you mm. want it? Yeah. Mm. So, so he, need, he he needs or he wants something more compact for travel. Yeah. Uh, not interested in a rail system. Well, maybe you should. 
Price range around five hundred US dollars. What's that in? What's that in the conversion rates these days to UK? Very close, I think. Very close. Yeah. 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 Any wow. good recommendations out there? Plus, I know that Intrepid is no longer is longer than the six to eight weeks lead time. I'm not sure it is. I think turnaround time for Intrepid is pretty pretty good. So he five hundred US dollars, and he I guess he then he's looking for some kind of. Um, uh, you know, fold upable. Um, what's it, camera? I've forgotten, but my head's gone. Field camera. Field camera. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, my my Toyo forty five A is um, you you could pick one up for for that or less. However, it's not very light. You know, I forget the weight right. of it. But Kevin, you've um, Kevin, who's Kevin? Um, Simon, <laughs> you've um, you've felt the weight of it, haven't you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, uh, we we um, we compared weights, we, didn't we? we, didn't we, we, yeah. we, we did. <laughs> yeah, we handled we handled each other's equipment, and um, and uh, my Meridian uh, was was lighter, um, mm. surprisingly lighter. I expected it to be a fair fair bit heavier, but no, it, it was lighter and did a similar kind of thing. Um, but it, it's a case of you know, the, the 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 Toyo is a. Um, you know, if I had the choice between between the two of them, that would be the direction I would go. Despite it being a little bit heavier, um, as much as but he could. But with also in there, which would be lighter, would be any of Steve Lloyd's uh, Chroma cameras, of course. Absolutely, and the Intrepid as well. And the Intrepid, I, um, I think from so either the Intrepid, but if but AJ, I don't know what your first name is, AJ. Uh, check out Steve Lloyd's Chroma cameras because he's got um, he, he's got a at least a couple of different models now, I think, with his um, field cameras, hasn't he, Simon? Yeah, well, he's just got the um, a carbon fibre one. That's uh, mm. uh, largely carbon fibre. It's perhaps a better way of uh, uh, describing it, which I've seen it, and it's lovely. Um, yeah. So I think, and that would be uh, uh, certainly under in within your budget. I think, although you've got shipping to consider. I think it's actually going to be maybe you know it's going to be a bit more than that. I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, but certainly. But what the, about his basic chroma? Then that's it would uh, come the, in under the, that. The, the basic chroma, which is called the advance, um, oh. <laughs> so it's uh, it's not it's not that basic really. Um, but yeah, that would absolutely come in under under budget, and that will be a a, a very good option. Yeah, and that would and that I, I've um, I've handled one of those, and that's certainly lighter than my uh, yeah Toyo. Yeah. So uh, yeah, check out Steve Lloyd's. Chroma cameras, uh, my friend. That's uh, probably. But twenty-two people have chipped in on that conversation. So uh, within that, somewhere, possibly, possibly, it's been mentioned. Don't know. Actually, that, that's that's a point in itself. When you say like twenty-two people have chipped in on the on the conversation, there's been. I've, I've noticed this happening a lot where people are asking, um, you know, relatively basic questions in our in our group. Because at the end of the day, we want to be uh, open to those people that are finding their way in large format photography, yeah. and and, uh, and the responses I've, I'm seeing for for these questions that people are asking has just been excellent. Um, yeah. Well, so what we do need to be able to do, and I, I'm not clever enough to work this out, but I think you can do it because I heard I heard the guys on the homemade camera podcast talking about this ages ago. Is somehow tagging in the facebook group tagging subjects into and people can then find can search so if you wanted to search for homemade lens boards you know there's a 
Yeah. Is there a way of doing it? Um, or do you just search the group? I suppose you just search. Can you just search the group? Yeah, yeah search group. Yeah, for, I, for I thought there was a way of actually somewhere in here, there's a way of sort of grouping topics together. There, there may well be, but it means that you've everybody's got to work in the same kind of way. And that's yeah. a bit like herding cats, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. yeah. yeah whilst the, it's good, I mean, it's very frustrating when you know you've read something and for the life of you, you can't quite remember um where to go and find it so i guess you just have to search the group yeah the, the search function in facebook once you're actually in the group is actually quite quite good um and you can expand on the search so you can just like mm-hmm. look for different when what year was the search made who made it yeah. uh, so who made the post and so on so uh yeah they, they can be the, the tools aren't that bad actually if you if you spend a bit of time on them then most things you can find but, but the point is, people are free to ask questions on there, and they're not being jumped upon. They're like saying, "Well, why didn't you just look on Google or something?" All that, yeah. all that kind of nonsense. Um, so, um, yeah, so yeah, that's fair, not fair helpful. Play. That's that's not, I've seen that before. You know, just look on Google, but you know, just yeah. it's not always helpful, is it? No, so, true. other people have recommended a Wister SP. Um, oh yeah, Neil Piper, Chroma from Steve Lloyd is surely the best value for money. Uh, new, although I don't know what his lead time is at the moment. Steve Lloyd says, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. He's not Australian, is he? Standard lead time, depending on the model, is between 8 and 12 weeks. Uh, but the current lockdown means I'm having to push that back a bit at the moment. Uh, someone said Intrepid Black Edition. Yeah. I mean, just, just, uh, on, on, just to elaborate on the, the case with Steve, so I was chatting to him uh, recently, and the, you know, the reason why that... Uh, that lead time has gone back backwards is it literally getting hold of specific parts to finish the camera i know that he actually has he has a number of virtually completed cameras ready to go out to his kickstarter customers and he's just waiting for a few small pieces to turn up to let them go but these things are coming in from china and and wherever or even if they're coming in from from the uk they're still originating from somewhere else so uh, so yeah that's really frustrating for, uh, for for steve and for as well for those customers that have been waiting a while for his, for the camera is it i think it's delaying on the uh, uh triplate backs as well isn't it? although he's got the i think he, they've got all the prototypes through haven't they now um, I yeah. don't know how long the production's going to be now on those. Yeah, it looks like that that seems to be crawling along a little bit uh, at the moment. So that's that's good news. Yeah, I have my I have my um, glass plates all ready, which I was going to use on our meetup, but maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But just very quickly on this um, same question, Greg Obst says, um, you know, a Bush Pressman Model D. That's um, uh, uh, what's his name's favourite camera, isn't it? Um, you know, I'm talking about uh, camera dactyl man, Ethan. Ethan, yeah, that's what that's what, what was his first camera, Bush Pressman Model D, four by five, has front rise, fall, a bed drop, a ridiculous amount of forward and backward tilt in the front. It holds itself, it folds itself into a tiny footprint, smaller than just about anything. Uh, Greg says, I throw mine into a padded section inside a messenger bag. The only issues you may run into is the hold size for the lens boards is limited to Copal 0 and 1. No, well, that's fine. That'll cover you for most things. Cover most um, and will not fit the wider lenses diameters like the Schneider Super Angulon F8, but most other lenses are good with it. 
So that's another good recommendation. But it's uh, yeah, interesting. And one or two people said the To Toyo Forty Five A. Simon. Yeah. No. Uh, I think I think we're done. Mm-hmm. It's a good Facebook group. Yeah. Yep. And there was uh, there was another one from Sveen, wasn't there? Yep. I didn't know whether you wanted to. That was, that, one that, that was the one I was referring to, to be honest. So, Are we? Uh, yes, yeah, so we, 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 we better do that one. Okay. I'm th- so Sveen says, I'm thinking of going 8 by 10 even though I can't enlarge the negative. Well, you can do nice contact prints. I just don't want to be left out of all that extra goodness because bigger is better. Um, <laughs> now, as for now, I do not own anything meant for 8x10 about lenses and I would need to get camera lens film holder yeah that's a problem isn't it film holders film developer insert basically he's going to have to splash out a load of money whichever way he goes isn't he so so I've looked at a few options I can go old big clunky but even those are so close in price to the intrepid um so just stopping there a moment what on eBay there's lots of um so the quarter plate and half plate, I can never remember which one's closest to 4x5. Uh, but, half, uh, half, half plate half is just plate. A, li- a little bit bigger than 4x5. And some, and some of them look pretty good deals, and, they're, and they look lovely, and they're not too much money. Mm. That's a different maybe discussion. Um, I can wait, even though it's so close to Bria, I can wait for Joe Van Cleef and Ethan Moses to put up the laser cut kit. Are they planning something that I've missed? I think they are. Okay. But that would have to be half the price of the Intrepid to get my attention. Yeah, well, depending on where you live, Sven, I mean, you're like out in, you know, um, where are you? Norway, Sweden? One of those. Norway. Uh, Norway. Norway. And um, I think he, he always complains that shipping, I don't know whether it's shipping out of Norway is expensive, but maybe shipping to always expensive as well but certainly i think when he has to send anything it costs him an arm and a leg um so he's looking for something cheap uh, and it will be much harder to drag around in the woods than the intrepid i have a budget of the amount i can sell some and i can sell some of my gear i have a budget of the amount i can sell some of my gear maybe five to seven hundred dollars in total is that is he saying that that's how much money he's going to have to spend that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, is, is, this wants just to a, is this just a dream? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Stick to four by five, mate. There you go. I had to recommend that as a matter of fact. You know, I got the eight by ten several years ago. I rarely use the thing. And Do you? yeah, four by five is, is so much more versatile. And the only person who's gonna notice a difference, I think anyway, between a four by five enlarged to an eight by ten and an eight by ten contact print is another photographer, another large format photographer. Yeah. And when you're, I, out, I don't, when you're out there with the 8x10, it just looks impressive, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it looks cool. But <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be worth spending $700 on or more. Yeah, but, but you're, you're working a lot closer to the car. <laughs> so, so you're not going to the photograph as, as much as you would like, probably. I don't know how old Sven is. He may be fit enough to go out in the woods. With He's it. a youngster. <laughs> yeah, okay. As he may, might, may not might, be an issue for him then. Mike Walker <laughs> makes a Mike, does Mike make a valid point? Although I, I suspect is uh, um, there's a bit of uh, self interest in his post. For that money, you could buy you could go pinhole eight by ten, yeah. which he happens to sell uh, a new a new 
Toyo film holder, which he happens to sell, yeah. and a box of film, which he yeah. happens to sell. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, certainly Mike's, Mike's pinhole cameras, his uh, Harman Titan cameras are brilliant and lots to be recommended for the way they perform, the, the, the fact you can swap out the pinholes and make your own pinhole if you want to. You can put, certainly on the 4.5 version, you can put different lengths of cones in there. He's now working on a 50 millimeter cone for his 4.5, which is super wide. Um, I have the one, uh, what do I have? I have the, the standard one and the longer one, I think, whatever the size they are. Uh, so, yeah, you could go pinhole. Um, um, uh, if you if you really want to have nice big negatives, and and in going into the into the comments in there as well, he also uh, touches upon seven by five, five by seven, which is that's that's an interesting size in itself. It is, it? yeah, and it's one that I'm really quite interested in. If there was something viable on the market, mm. yeah. I mean, watch your space, probably. Yeah, I think the I think the, I think the main reason why that appeals to me is that. You know, when I have access to it again, um, I've got access to a seven by five and larger. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 That's another thing about the eight by 10 is, uh, you know, if all you want to do is, is contact prints and you're happy with that, fine. But if you ever want to do anything else, uh, it's, it's hard to find an eight by 10 and larger and much less find space for it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're pretty much limited to one output, the eight by 10. Whereas a four by five, you know, uh, most I do everything eleven by fourteen, and I can go bigger than much bigger than that if I wanted to. Yeah. And you know, while sure an eight by ten contact print is pretty, but yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just it, it just turned out not to be worth the time. And plus, making the contact print is a lot more difficult than making an enlargement. Yeah. Burning and dodging and contrast control is much harder on that. Yeah. So. I know that I remember last year when I went to uh, pick up the seven by five and larger uh, from Stephen yeah. Segersby when he donated it to to the to the Six Towns uh, yeah. darkroom. He'd uh, it, I was standing next to his uh, his Devere enlarger, his Devere ten by eight and larger, yeah. and uh, it was like standing next to Robbie the robot from the Forbidden Planet. Yeah, <laughs> seriously intimidating piece of kit. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, yeah. Where the you know the five by sevens are still manageable, you know, the enlargers I've seen for them. Yeah, well, so it, that, it, that'd be a more practical solution, I think. It just fitted in my car, um, so yeah. there you go. There was no way the eight by ten would go in. Not a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So uh, I I think we've we've done enough. That this this short show that we were planning is um, it's 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 moved on a little bit since then, hasn't it, Andrew? But uh, I don't know. I've not been time. What I don't. Yeah. Watch the time. You're in charge. Yeah, yeah. We, we were going to attempt <laughs> attempt to do an hour long show today um, and fail miserably. Um, it's not it's not as long as some shows, so we've, we've, we're not yeah. doing too bad. So uh, um, yeah. I think we um, should start to uh, wind things down. And I think the starting point for doing that, and I can't remember if I did this last time, uh, and that's just to say thank you to those people that have donated to the show. Uh, well, you did thank some people. I can't remember who they were, but you did thank some people. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, that, that is good. But you can always thank them again because thanks there's, is lovely. Well, there's no no harm in that, is there? So, no. uh, so let's log on to uh, the coffee page. That's ko-fi.com, um, and then if you do a search on there for classic, no, search, search on there for large format photography <laughs> podcast, um, then you will find our page. And let's see. 
Um, I know. Let's let's go back to February, just in case I haven't been uh, thank, thanking people, because I'm pretty sure I thanked Gretchen uh, on the 31st of January. Um, so, but thank you again anyway. And then after that, we had on the 3rd of February, had uh, Silist. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he uh, donated to us, so thank you very much. And he also said enjoy, um, and we have um, Mark Fole, who we uh, read a letter out just uh, back mm -hmm. in February. He said keep up the good work, uh, Simon and Andrew. Then uh, Christopher J May uh, really enjoyed uh, the last episode, guys, and that was back on the 29th of Feb. So not sure which episode that was that he enjoyed but uh, it, it was a it was a good one so that's good news um and uh 11th of march uh, james thorpe uh, donated to us as well so thank you very much james um so uh, so that's those um have we got any shout outs um this week uh andrew not a person but i've got two books to not talk about but just to shout out because mm -hmm. one i've been meaning to read a long time because it seemed very worthy and now i've got it i'm not sure whether i want to read it or not but actually there's a lot of pictures in it and a lot of words but whether I'll, so it's um ways of seeing it's a classic in these sort of you know photo art art books ways of seeing by john berger b-r-g-r uh so that's it's, it's about comparing art with photography and looking at different genres and yeah it's a book i've been meaning to buy for a long time and i picked it up pretty cheaply through world of books or something so i've got that to read and the other one which i'm looking forward to reading a bit more is uh dialogue with photography by paul hill and thomas cooper now this was recommended by somebody recently on our show apologies i've forgotten who it was uh, but basically it's interviews with Paul Strand, Man Ray, Cecil Beaton, Sharks, Henry Latigue, Brassai, Andre Kurtzes, George Roger, Henry Cartier-Brasson, Robert Doisno, Herbert Bayer, and uh, loads of others. Wynne Bullock, Minor White, Ansel Adams. Um, yeah, so uh, shout out for those two books. They're my lockdown readings, Dialogue with Photography and Ways of Seeing. Okay. Um, and Wayne, have you got any shout outs? Uh, on the topic of books, they're, unfortunately, they're in a different room in the house here, so I can't look through what I have. But uh, one comes to mind in particular uh, that I, I always enjoy, and that's Photographers on Photography. Uh, it was compiled by, I think it was Jeffrey Lyons. It's published in 1966. It's a collection of uh, articles and essays on photography, much like the dialogue one you just mentioned. Um, goes back actually into the late 1800s with a couple of them. It's just a fascinating read. Uh, that was back during the time of the pictorialist versus F-64 group. So mm. a lot of that kind of discussion going on in some of the uh, some of the articles. So that, that's one of my favorites. It's always a good book to read. Um, a podcast I'd like to recommend, actually, not strictly on photography, although he does often discuss photography. It's Jeffrey Sidoris, uh, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. -E -E he actually does three different podcasts. 
uh, process-driven iterations and in-between, but he has a feed that gives you all of them, simply called Everything. Okay. And he does some wonderful interviews with uh, some other photographers. Well, he's a painter himself, but also does photography. But he does inter great interviews with other creatives in, in different disciplines and talks about the creative process in general. He's one of my favorites to listen to. Right behind you guys, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, one last shout out. Uh, much overdue. I meant to mention it last time. And that is to my wonderful wife, Teresa, who has over the years been very tolerating, uh, supportive, and encouraging in my photography. And uh, my best critic. I don't always agree with what she has to say about my work, but I always listen to it and consider it. It's 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 good to listen to um, uh, your your loved ones' opinions of your of your of your photographs. Yeah. yeah, she's she's very honest with me. You know, if she doesn't like something, she'll tell me she doesn't and, and why she doesn't. And uh, you know, unlike most uh, family members who will just praise you, you know, yeah, <laughs> and friends, you know, it's, it's hard to get that honest critique from someone. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I always appreciate that from her. I have, I have similar discussions with 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 my wife and. Mm -hmm. Um, I then have to explain to her why this photograph is actually better than the one she picked and go into all mm -hmm. the details. And she goes, well, I don't care because I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about photographers. Yeah, we, we we've have our favourites for, for various reasons and uh, sometimes uh -huh. we can completely lose track of what actually makes a, a photograph attractive to the to, to a wider audience instead of thinking about the, um, the complexities and the effort that went into taking a photograph. Yeah. Exactly. They don't understand the, the circumstances surrounding the shot, you know, what you experienced when you were shooting it and those technical difficulties you had to overcome to get the shot. They don't care about that. You know, no. <laughs> they just want to look at the final result. <laughs> but they should. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, we've, so that's it. That's it for mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, okay. I I don't think I have any shout outs this week. Um. So uh, let's. Uh, so I'm gonna head head back to to you, Wayne. Uh, Wayne, thank you for for being with us uh, again. Uh, to today and helping us out with the the emails and uh, and just giving us a little bit of an update on on your work. Oh, happy to do it. No, it's, yeah, it's, appreciate it's, you guys having me. No, it's it's been a pleasure again. And uh, if people want to go and view your work somehow, um, where would they go? Uh, uh, Flickr. I'm on Flickr. Just uh, search for, I think it's W Setzer. Uh, let me pull that up again. No, actually, if you just type in Wayne Setzer. Um, okay. You, yeah, you, I guess can, it'll, it'll find me. Found. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, on Facebook, uh, I have my, my personal page, which is... That one's W Setzer, I think, if you just type in W Setzer or me. And then I have another Facebook page for my photography. Uh, they almost have the same things on it. I don't really do much personal stuff on there. Uh, yeah, just search for either Wayne Setzer or Photographs by Wayne Setzer, and you'll find me there. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Andrew, outside of this podcast, where can people find you? Um, outside of this podcast, they can find me at Warboy Snapper on Twitter, Instagram, and they can find me uh, every two weeks as co-host of the Lensless podcast, all about pinhole photography. And an occasionally posted, um, I say it because I did one this morning, so it's hot off the press, occasionally posted blog um, 
which is just my name, Andrew Bartram on WordPress. So check that out. I've just done one on postcards, Ilford postcards, and my love affair with those. Yeah. And if if people want to write into the show, what's the best way to do that? Oh, um, the large format photography podcast at gmail dot. Almost, it's not the. You don't need the the. Oh, large format photography <laughs> podcast at gmail dot dot com. Something. Com. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Wayne got it right. Com. com. Yeah. 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 Large format photography podcast at gmail dot com. That's that's the one. We'll yeah. we'll edit the other bit out, and you'll, you'll just you'll sound so professional now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and we also have an Instagram page, which is um, which I'm not really keeping up with very well. Um, so yeah, we're uh, very disappointed in your efforts to yeah, yeah. get Instagram going. I've been busy. Yeah. I'm making lens caps. Um, yeah, and um, and for me, I'm on Twitter is Simon Four. I'm on Instagram. Instagram, Instagram at Simon Forster Photographic. Um, I also look after the large format photography uh, Instagram feed um, badly. Um, and uh, what else? Um, yeah, I've got a site, uh, Simon Forster Photographic.co.uk, where you can buy wonderful lens adapters, not lens adapters. Actually, I've got lens adapters on there, but uh, I'm phasing those out. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, this has been problems with supplies and, and things like that. Mm. So uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to make things myself now. Um, so to take, take things into my own hands and it's uh, it's far more satisfying when somebody actually buys a product that I've designed and made it makes me very very happy mm. um, so uh, which awesome. is which, which is which is which is all good um, and uh, other things other things um, if anybody I mean anybody doesn't like um, Facebook and plenty of reasons why people don't like Facebook um, but we do have a great Facebook page on there which is called the Large Format Photography Podcast um, I just remembered actually one of the reasons why people don't like Facebook is because Facebook tends to track people once they've left Facebook which is a bit naughty really? um, yeah and uh, uh, it's all to do with how cookies work and things like that and cookies yeah, I try. I try. I try to go. I try to say that word very quickly and move on, um, because depending on where you are in England, um, depends it depends on how you would say it. Because I say cookies, and other people say cookies. Um, no cookies. Oh, in cookies. Japan, that would be. Cookie, you said wouldn't it? you said you said you said cuckoos. I think didn't you? <laughs> I just I just tried to describe it into some kind of generic. In the generic word, sound. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh, but yeah i've noticed i i mean i use the firefox browser and uh and a new um add-in just popped up and said do you want uh, facebook uh to stop following you and uh i take this extension and it won't follow you anymore uh which is interesting so i don't know if it is or not but uh, that's that's what i'm using now I, I think it's what i'm using too here it's uh fences or something like yeah, that that's, that's right yeah 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 I don't know if it's made a difference, but it makes me feel better. Exactly, I feel a whole lot better for it too. Yeah. Um, so, but if um, if if you don't like that, um, then there's also there's other other forums out there, and I've, there is a a um, post that I put up on the mflenses.com site. Um, if you go into the forums there, there is a a post on there for uh, the large format photography podcast. So, if you want to say something about the podcast, that's uh, 
if somebody does say something on there, then I will find it and uh, I might be able to respond to it. Um, so that's another place that you can join a conversation potentially. Um, and I think that's just about it, really. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Oh, one last thing. Okay. Are we, we, we didn't speak about this, um, but given the current situation, I can't see there being a hope this side of Hades that we're going to be meeting no. up in the Forest of Dean at the end of May, can you? It's not looking good, is it? So, so um, I'm hoping, well, I, I'm pretty certain that my booking that I've made can just be rearranged for some other time, you know. But uh, yeah. So I'll certainly be going at some point, but whether whether we can, well, we just have to see, won't we? But at the moment, as we've said last time, if, you've, if you're thinking about joining us at the end of May at the large format photography podcast gathering in the forest, I wouldn't book Tw- it. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. I was actually considering putting together something over here for the folks in the East Tennessee area too, oh, in conjunction with yours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can have it like live, live by satellite uh, between there you the go. two, couldn't we? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So yeah, it's not looking good for that. Um, and uh, when we know more, we'll we'll say more. And uh, and if we have the opportunity to to rearrange it or whatever, then we will do so. Um, but yeah, it's not looking good. Um, yeah. Okay, so so that's it for this week. Uh, thank you again, Wayne. Uh, it's been great to have you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so, thanks, Wayne. That's yeah. it. So uh, just leaves me to say uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for our theme music, which is Two Finger Johnny. And, uh, and that's just about it. So uh, fingers crossed we'll be back in probably <laughs> two weeks maybe see what happens um so hope you enjoyed uh, the show and uh that's it so uh goodbye bye goodbye stay healthy simon and andrew (laughs) Andrew, get over that i forgot who it was Uh, (laughs) i had the cough there for a minute